Good afternoon. We call the meeting of the Liberty County Board of Commissioners to order. Mr. Brown, has the meeting been properly advertised? Yes, sir, it has. Thank you, sir. It's good to see everyone, with those of you in the audience, as well as on watching us um, live stream. Um, at this time, we'll ask Mr. Mosley, if he will, again, please come lead us in our invocation, and then we'll follow that with our Pledge of Allegiance. Please stand for those two items. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your bountiful blessings. We thank you for all that you do for us on a daily basis. We ask now, Father, for your grace and your mercy upon this meeting. As this deliberative body discuss and vote on policies and procedures and things that we want to do to improve and make Liberty County a better place. Father God, we continue to pray that you would be with us. We ask that you would touch all the families who are grieving and all the families who are going through COVID-19. These and all and the many blessings you do for us, we ask and thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, sir. Thank you, audience. <clears throat> we'll right along with our meeting for our agenda. Uh, first, item four, awards and recognitions, proclamation. Uh, awards and recognitions first. Mr. Brown. Yeah. Chairman, this is a, a proclamation recognizing Firefighters Appreciation Month uh, at 4 September. Okay. All right, sir. Chairman, commissioners, I appreciate you guys having me this evening. Each year across the country during the month of September, local governments recognize the month of September as Firefighter Appreciation Month. Our firefighters here with Liberty County Fire have been and continue to make this and all of Liberty County, Liberty County proud. And I cannot thank them enough for making the change and the difference every day, night, rain, shine, whatever the case may be, not only do we want to recognize the firefighters, but we also want to recognize their families and their loved ones. These firefighters working for us will spend a third of their year away from their families every single year at a minimum. Who in moments notice could be responding to a member of the public involved in a traffic accident or a structure fire. These family members and loved ones pray for the safe return of not only their firefighter, but all of our public safety. <clears throat> September is deemed the month in recognition for the greatest loss of a single number of firefighters during the incidents that took place on September 11, 2001. During the month of September, Liberty County Fire will have a coloring contest starting on September 1st and would need to be submitted no later than September 20th. And that coloring sheet can be found on the Liberty County website starting on September 1st for download or pick up at our office. Winners of the coloring contest will be awarded their prize at the Firefighter Family Fun Day on September 24th at Gill Park, uh, where we will have plenty of activities going on. Uh, we're looking at trying to get a dunk tank, some bounce houses, spray some water for the kids. Um, so I encourage the public to come out and have fun with their Liberty County firefighters. What's that date again for the event at Gill Park? It'll be September 24th, sir. It's a Saturday. You will send us a general reminder. We'd appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. A strong one for me. 
Um, well, we thank you all for, for what you do. Uh, you had a pretty good month. You dedicated, we did groundbreaking, <laughs> and then the appreciation activities. So, I, and these commissioners can chime in. We certainly appreciate what the firefighters do. Uh, a good bit of them did attend the groundbreaking ceremony. We're happy to see them. And in fact, I was glad the courier chose that picture to post of them doing the groundbreaking. So, yes, sir. Please carry back our appreciation for them for what they do every day. At this time, I'll commission if you all have any comments. Uh, I will, we'll entertain those at this time. On behalf of our firefighters. Uh, uh, let me speak for all then. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Now, do we need to uh, put a signature on that? We have, and I'll, if you allow me to, I'll read it, sir, Please, sir. for you, and we can Thank do a photo you. op. Okay. Proclamation, Liberty County Board of Commissioners, Firefighters <clears throat> Appreciation Month. Whereas Firefighters Appreciation Month was established to remember and bring awareness to support those firefighters, their families, and the communities they serve. And whereas the role of the firefighter in today's society, be it urban, rural, natural environment, volunteer, career, industrial, defense force, aviation, and motorsports, is one of dedication, commitment, and sacrifice, no matter what country they reside and work in. And whereas the Firefighters Appreciation Month recognizes those firefighters and their families who have served their communities for most of their lives and those who have served for just a few short years. And whereas hailing from all walks of life, they are our mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandparents, neighbors, and friends who protect us without wanting of recognition or, or reward. In our time of need, they are there with courage, compassion, and loyalty. They are the essence of the true meaning of the community. Therefore, be it resolved that the Liberty County Board of Commissioners do hereby encourage all citizens to recognize our firefighters during the month of September and year-round for their courage, selfless service, and <coughs> sacrifice. Signed this 18th day of August, 2022. Commissioners, we all will gather around. I guess maybe we're going to make this a photo op for Mr. Darby, Chief Darby. Can we Ms. Rhonda says somebody needs to move over a little bit. You, yeah, you're going to need to move a little bit to your left. <laughs> Make him look good. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all of you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Let's appreciate our firefighters. Summer Youth Program Recognitions. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, as you know, um, and I certainly don't take any credit for this, wonderful team that put together the, the total youth program comprised of not only the youth, but also certain departments uh, within the county realm. Uh, also, some uh, individual businesses that participated too. So at this time, uh, Mr. Murray is here that helped lead that program uh, with Mr. Mosley, and they'd like to make those recognitions for you. Okay. What's going on, everybody? Like I said, like Mr. Joy said, 
led by Mr. J Joseph Mosley. I uh, appreciate everybody that helped work, th work this out. And thank you all for putting this program together for the youth in the community. Um, it is very needed, and they definitely appreciate it every year that we have it. So um, without any further ado, we want to go ahead and make some recognitions. Um, starting off with Mr. Bob Sprinkle. Is he here? Oh, he's here. Mr. Bob Sprinkle. What's up, man? Y'all, uh, Mr. Bob, y'all go ahead and make some noise for Mr. Bob as he come up here. Great guy. Actually started off the program with him when he was here, so he helped. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's shake hands. Let's do all that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, it's okay to clap. Y'all can clap. Mr. Thomas Duke the third. Miss Crystal Hensler. <laughs> yeah. Now you good. You got two of them. <laughs> yeah. All right, next we have Miss. Yeah, I'm about to call him Bob Dodd. Mr. Robert Dodd. <laughs> After that, we have Mr. Clint Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> Making all that noise, man. Yeah. Miss Carmella Orr. Miss Rhonda Wathauer. Miss Maria Tart. <laughs> Voter Registration and Elections Department. I know that's y'all. That's that's Miss Camilla Orr and Miss Wanda Wathar. Next we have Emergency Management Agency Department. Mr. Robert Dodd again. And then we have Emergency Medical Services Department. Miss EMA, Miss Crystal Hensler, EMS. I see, I always do that. EMS. 
Yeah. <laughs> FT department. IT department. Lord, I can't see. <laughs> FaceTime department. <laughs> Lord, Jesus. <laughs> yes, we have voter registration and elections department. The finance department. Yes. The administration department. <laughs> yes, all the money. It's Mr. Joy. <laughs> okay. The other departments are not here, but we again want to appreciate everybody that helped um, with the, the summer youth employment program. Thank y'all for taking a hand with the youth, and we appreciate y'all, and we look forward to y'all helping us out next year again as well, too. Thank y'all. I reading that magazine today, Georgia Trends, reading about Augusta and their summer program. I thought, yeah, Liberty County is right in there. We have a similar program that's doing great. It talks about the experiences for young people and how it makes a difference in their future. So, yeah, there you go. There, you go. there we go, Bob. There you go. there you go. Thank you for your part in that, Bob. Even in the early years, we appreciate you helping to get that started. All right. Uh, Departmental reports, finance, Ms. Clem McLaughlin. Hello. Um, you have before you your June report, um, hot off the press. So I want to go over a few things with you, and then uh, at the end of my report, I actually have a budget amendment that we need to approve uh, to amend your budget for those things that I've been telling you all along through the year that we're going to have to go back and amend for. So. Um, 
at the end of June, we actually um, we achieved 132% of our budgeted revenues. So as you can see, we had a lot more revenues than we budgeted for, and that's on that's going to be part Good. of your budget amendment. <clears throat> um, a little misleading because when you look down the line items, uh, we achieved about 99% of our taxes that we budgeted, um, 115 of charges for services, more 115% fines and forfeitures. So both of those line items, we, we actually achieved more than we budgeted. Same for intergovernmental, intergovernmental grants and uh, miscellaneous revenues. The other financing sources that you see down there, um, <laughs> the actual revenue being 12.6 million, 12.5 million of that is a bond issue that took place in the month of June. Um, and governmental accounting is the only place I know where you can record long-term debt as revenue. So um, that's what we've done here. Yeah. Go figure. Um, expenditures, we actually um, spent about 103.7% of our budgeted expenditures. And again, we're going to amend that budget so that you'll fall in line. But uh, the line items that actually went over are the other financing uses. And again, those are the operating transfers out and your debt service kind of stuff. And we'll talk about those because that's part of your budget amendment. Um, Debt service, the same thing. Um, but your salaries and benefits, your purchase services, um, those are all within their budget. They didn't exceed their budget, but in total, we still went over slightly. So at the end of the day, we had more revenues than we had expenditures. But again, that was because of that bond issue. So when you turn the next page and you go to your balance sheet, um, this time last year, we had 5.2 months worth of uh, operational expenditures in our unreserved, undesignated fund balance. At the end of this year, we had 8.2 months worth of operational expenditures. And again, that's because of that 12.5 million infusion that we got during the month of June. So it's a little misleading. I want everybody to get all happy like we're, we're doing so much better. That was because we had a bond issue. Kim, I, I gotta ask you. So, but had that, that skewed? It's what you're saying. So, it, it's definitely skewed. It. If you if you were to take that out, though, how would we be? Um, we did not achieve a hundred percent of our revenues. Mm -hmm. However, we did not. Without that, we wouldn't have made some of those debt service payments. Mm -hmm. So we would have been right at the mark. Like, okay. I mean, real close. Um, you actually budgeted to use. I want to say a little over a million dollars in fund balance. You actually didn't have to do that. At the end of the day, we didn't have to use fund balance. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. There are some departments that did exhaust their budget. They're part of your budget amendment that I'll present to you. So uh, the assessor's office, um, they ran over budget because of an unbudgeted settlement that was charged there. Uh, Bureau of Professional Standards and Bureau of Police Services, both of those departments went over budget. However, when you look at all of the sheriff's budgets, which includes the Sheriff, Bureau of Professional Services, Bureau of Police Services, Jail Operations, and Flemington Law, collectively, he's actually within his budget. So even though two departments ran over, three departments had savings, so at the end of the day, in total, he had about $76,000 that he didn't utilize. So when you talk about $12 million, 
I think that might collectively have been his budget. That's pretty doggone good. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good there. Um, animal, I'm um, sorry, the coroner, of course, I talked to you about those mm -hmm. unbudgeted um, vehicles that we purchased. And they also went slightly over in some professional services as well. So we'll amend that budget. And then your last two uh, line items, debt service and other financing uses. So the debt service, we paid off the mortgage note on the fire station that we took out two years ago. Mm -hmm. no. Two years ago. That was about $613,000 that we paid off once we got the bond proceeds. Um, we also did um, an operating transfer out to the capital fund where we had accumulated a little over, over $500,000 in the past two years for expenses that related to the EMS building and the fire building. So once we got that infusion, uh, we went ahead and did the transfer out to close that out so that that doesn't sit over there owing the general fund. So that's, that's now taken care of. And then we had the enterprise lease agreement, which um, we weren't really sure how that was gonna pan out or the full, uh, I guess, impact of that because of the way that the cars, the vehicles were gonna come in and some of those delays. So that, that ran over as well. Um, but collectively, we, we actually did pretty good. Um, Mr. Chairman, I had a question. Mm -hmm. Kim, how many um, vehicles did we purchase for the coroner? Two. Two? And those together, I want to say we're right around eighty-two dollars or $83,000 together. But then he ended up running over, like I said, in professional services. Might have been fuel, too. I'd have to okay. look and see. Okay. Okay. Um, solid waste. Solid waste actually had a, a small net loss this year, and I can kind of explain that, too. That's a combination of a couple of things. They had more depreciation this year because of some of their new, newer pieces of equipment that we purchased that came online and actually got a full year depreciation this year. Secondly, um, even though we were within our budget expenditures, we spent 99% of our budget expenditures, we only took in about 98% of our budgeted revenues. Now, one big thing, I don't know if you all recall this, we stopped billing the city of Flemington for their solid waste in January, because that's going to go on the tax bill that's going to be billed hopefully in October or November. So all along, we had been billing them on a monthly basis. That was revenue we were taking in. So we didn't get any of that revenue from January forward. So that was part of the, part of the issue, too. But that revenue will come back in the form of the solid waste assessment, because <clears throat> now we're going to build, bill for that service at a higher rate. That was part of the study that y'all did. Um, so we're going to bill them for that service on their tax bills. So you'll see that come in. But that is why they're, this year there's a small net loss. Um, I also want to tell you we, don't ha we didn't finalize the closure post-closure because I'm still waiting on that estimate um, from Mr. Long's office. So there'll be, some, there'll be some more tweaks that go into this before we give the final trial balances to the auditors. But for the most part, this is accurate. Um, let's see, if you go over all of the, the departments within solid waste, all operated within their budget with the exception of solid waste disposal, 
And that had to do with the professional services. They ran over slightly for professional services. That was that added um, cost study that you wanted to expand on. That We had to go out and do some more studying for curbside polycart. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't budgeted. And then the services for haul and disposal costs went up more this year than they did last year. So we saw a little increase in that line item as well. But in total, they still stayed within their budget. Um, did, all did of not, your did they not give us a heads up that the expenses were going to be more? Did we not have that? It's based on the consumer price index for goods uh, and services, and that's all the waste. The moving target. Area, yes, sir. Yeah. So they increased without inflation. Okay. All right. Um, all of your special revenue funds uh, came in under budget, so that's all doing good. Um, sales tax, still doing great. Um, your sales tax came in at a little over a million for June. So at the end of June, we're actually $5 million ahead of schedule. Wow. Yeah. So we're definitely going to exceed the $54 million because we're already up to $51.2 million. And that, that was supposed to collect $54 million, but we're definitely going to go over that, which is a good thing. Sales tax continues to... Just grow. Uh, T-SPLOS, the same thing. At the end of June, we're about $400,000 ahead of schedule for T-SPLOS revenues. So all your sales tax, you're doing great. That's all I have for your report, unless somebody has specific questions. Um, Joey and Kim, we have an itemized sheet of what we can spend the sales tax on. I mean, we know where that's at. And uh, obviously we know what we, you know, we can't pay salaries or nothing like that out of it. But again, what Commissioner Thrift said about the, or, or the chairman said about the, um, this solid waste, I mean, is that something that's going to happen year after year? Or do they go up because the fuel went up. I mean, if they haven't went up on, a, you know, since the fuels went up, we can look for that to happen before the year's out. They have, Commissioner Walden, in their contract document with us, um, that there, there's a fuel escalation clause along with a CPI clause. They're all geared to that um, listing that's put out for goods and services. So it's, it's built in, so to speak. It's just that we had such an anomaly with the inflationary cost on stuff. But definitely it increases every year. It's been doing that on us for ever since the contract was engaged. Okay. And um, But the you... good news is your solid waste rates are going to be adjusted on this next tax bill. That's true. Because that's what you went through the study mm -hmm. for. So that's the good news. You talking about it's going to be adjusted as in up? Up. We had not increased our solid waste assessments for years, and that was how the, the cost study first started. And then after we did that and got the new rates, then we expanded that cost study to, to talk about curbside polycart. But the initial study was just so that we could adjust our rates and then figure out what the rate would be for those Flemington residents who we had normally been billing the city of Flemington for on a monthly basis. Now they're going to be charged for their solid waste service on their tax bill like everybody else in the county. Well, the other thing that that's kind of um, bothering me is on our 
on our solid waste, we're still in the same place. And, you know, we discussed it in this meeting. Everything's going to the same place, whether Commissioner Gillard's group is picking them up Monday, Wednesday, and Friday or whatever, but he's having to, there's an additional more customers and somewhere in there, we're going to have to expand our piece of, you know, our structure down there. So, you know, getting the, what you want to call it, uh, you know, the, the little bit more money, um, are we going to be able to build that structure with sales tax? Or are we going to be able to have to build it out of this? I mean, this is a, uh, you know, the solid waste fund. So are we going to have to take it out of it? I mean, we can't. No, you're, you're exactly right. I think you have to look at expansion of the pad down there to be able to handle more garbage um, over time. None of that cost is rolled into your solid waste fund right now, nor was it included in capital improvements that were looked at with the rate adjustments that you just did. Uh, you could put that in a splash if you wanted to, to fund those capital improvements when you determine how much it's going to cost. And, and we really ought to go ahead and get a handle on expanding that site. Well, I don't think we need expanding do. it down there is a bad thing, Joey, but I, I've s said before that our growth is on the west end from Hinesville that way. I mean, we are bringing water into some of those areas, but I mean, we're having to haul it, you know, the price of fuel from these convenience centers all the way down there. So that would be my first thought is yeah. to be looking at, at that and then trying to find out, do we need a bond? To, to get this done? Can we pay for it with sales tax? And I don't know that we can. I mean, right now, uh, you know, taxpayers is paying for the the, the trash. So I, I think that's going to have to be something that's going to seriously be looked at. I agree. Um, and, and Commissioner Thrift had mentioned about the automobiles that uh, was at the coroner's office and the price of them. But now I was under the impression those were already budgeted for his office. So it was something we should have included in the enterprise lease. To tell you the truth, it wasn't put in the enterprise lease, and that's the reason they had to be captured like this. So, but but so, I mean, so it wouldn't necessarily be wouldn't have necessarily been in his budget under the enterprise to begin with. For for the prior year, though, is what I'm saying. No, because he's had them yeah. what since. Um, He's had them since March. I think March or April. Six months or so. Probably. would that have been in? Would it, would have been in this? It wasn't in last year's budget. In, at, yes, or the budget we we wrapped up, which is what this report covers. In June. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Would have been captured. That's when we started doing the enterprise acquisitions. Right. Was last. This but those aren't enterprise cars. They are not enterprise cars but they probably will become enterprise cars as we start to rotate stuff out okay. and then get them on that side. Well, he had mentioned to me that, that, that he had two, and that's what was kind of, is this for last year or is this for this year? So this right here is not something that we're going to wind up having to buy. We've already purchased. Yes, sir. That was, this was last year. Okay. This year. I mean, for last year. make sure that we, last that year. I'm clear. I mean, everybody else, yes, it may, Pay better attention. I'm a little ADD. <laughs> so, and, and I do believe there was some escalation in some projections 
in that solid waste cost study for increased um, garbage because they did go out and they did pick up the, the new housing development so that they could project that out. And when they did that, when they put together the, the CIP for, for just solid waste to show what needed to be replaced, what type of equipment needs to be replaced in each year, they took that into account. Now, I don't, I don't believe they took into account increasing the size of the pad, but they probably took into account more trucks, Volume. which means Volume. you take it more mm -hmm. often. Well, I mean, they did go out and, and, and look at it, but they also charged us for it. So whether we bought it or not and followed their lead, then we still got we, we've got to build it with that, you just call it skewed the budget. Well, that's what we've done, you know. We paid for somebody to tell us something that we didn't need. Uh, maybe the next time, we, me and Gary, we can hit them every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we're going tomorrow. Right? I, I yeah, we're going tomorrow to look. But, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I appreciate all that you do, but, I mean, it's still somewhere in here. I was trying to add up, is there any possible way to roll something back? Because, you know, the taxpayers would rather us use what sales tax we can and roll the millage back to, uh, I know my, my folks would, and that's what I'm up here to do, but, you know, we'll look at it, I guess, uh, trash is trash. and um, It is separate from the general fund, you're right. But as Joey said, you, you, could, you could use sales tax proceeds for any capital items, even if it is for solid waste, you can still use um, sales tax six, can't you? It would. Um, as long no, as it's on the referendum. It wasn't on the referendum. It wasn't on the so referendum. You use it, you, and, you, and it's not proposed to be on the referendum for sales tax seven. seven. So you wouldn't. It would have it. to be on the referendum. It would have. So to be you couldn't even use it for land acquisition either. No, sir. I tell you, we caught between a rock and a hard place there mm -hmm. now because we can't. There's not going to be the room down there, and those folks are having to cross the railroad track. And I don't know how many times Clint's had to have blue lights and sirens down there because of somebody getting hit. So, um, you know, it's just that's a bad intersection for even for the city of Hinesville's and Waldoville's trucks. But well, you I'd know. say we need to get a committee together to look at that. That's a, a real dangerous intersection, and it's filling up, so let's... I mean, we know what a landfill was. We, how many of them did we have? One big one. Right. That expanded several times. But it's, it's a lot of customers that, that go down there. Um, I mean, we, we've increased the number of trucks during our day-to-day -day operation, you know, from four to five. And with the growth in Hinesville, that's going to be six or seven. And then we got, we could go down there sometime. We could pick up all the trash in Hinesville. And the route is done but the line is so long down there because there's so many other people trying to get in there. And, uh, yeah. and as the, the, the county grows, we're going to have even more and more and more. So it's, it's going to be uh, having something um, at another location mm -hmm. may help, yeah. help counteract that a little bit. I would agree. So what I gave you is the budget amendment. Um, those revenues of $12.5 million, that was the bond issue. Like I said, in normal accounting, you record that as debt. In government accounting, you record that as revenue. Mm -hmm. So when you increase your revenues to that point, you turn around and you have to match the expenses because you have to maintain a balanced budget. So 
what I've got listed on here are five items that have already been paid and charged to your fiscal year 22 budget. And then the other um, I've put in there, but basically it won't be spent until 2023 or 2024 because those are construction projects. But this just goes ahead and finalizes uh, amending your budget and maintaining a balanced budget. So like I said, we paid off the fire station mortgage note. We transferred um, out to the capital fund. So the capital fund does not owe the general fund anymore for those costs that they've been, accum it's been accumulated in there for the last two years. Uh, the bond issuance cost, the cost that the coroner's office ran over budget, and then the, the cost for the assessor's settlement. And then the balance, again, is going to be held and will probably be spent. I mean, if those, if we had the bills and we could pay for the fire station and the EMS station right now, we would, but they're not done yet. So that'll just be, it's actually fund balance that will be held and then carried over because we're not going to spend that money. So that's why I said held for fiscal year 23 and 24. Uh, is there any ARPA money left for this, Mr. Chairman? Do we? Not for this. Those are actually going towards, you know, you appropriate offer money for the fire station. Yeah. Well, that's EMS, what I'm saying. The, the, um, I thought the coroner's office qualified for some ARPA money. Not, not for ARPA. Not for vehicles. Those are. To be or whatever he ran over. And there is ARPA money budgeted for EMS and the fire, but it took more than what ARPA could support. So you're going to have multiple funding sources. This this bond plus the money we've already paid out of sales tax six plus the money we will spend in the future. So collectively, you've got like three different pots of money that we've had to to pull from in order to do those projects. Right. So, Mr. Chairman, just so mm -hmm. I understand, so this amount we approved this am amendment will be it's held over for the fiscal year 23-24. Is that correct? correct? It will come. It just out. goes into your fund balance. Okay. Yes. Okay. So okay. So, so in the next couple of years, when we need to to pay for the fire department or mm -hmm. the EMS building, it's we will right. use fund balance to this amount. Okay, okay. Really, this is a, a bookkeeping maneuver? It is. It, it is a bookkeeping. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you, we get a little nasty grant from the, the Department of Audits yeah. asking us why we've gone over budget yeah. on certain things, and I have to explain to them why we didn't mm -hmm. amend our budget or why, you know, one department went over and okay. we didn't amend the budget. Okay. When's the latest we can amend the budget on something like that? You can amend it all the way up until the audit is issued, actually. I mean, we, we finished up the years. Right. These are non-audited numbers, and I said they're still going to be tweaked to some extent because e even though I've, I've given you this, in my mind, we're trading off timeliness for a little bit of accuracy because during the month of August and September, we still receive invoices for June services that we have to book to last year. Right. So even though I'm giving you this, these, these are not the final audited numbers. Mm -hmm. And we, we will still continue to accrue some things 
back to fiscal year 2022 until I say, okay, that's, yes, we've got to stop. I've got to provide trial balances to the auditors. And from that point on, it's up to them to pick up things that are not charged mm -hmm. to prior year. But again, until they issue the audit and say, okay, this is it, we're issuing the audit, you can't change your budget now because it's in the audit. Mm -hmm. Basically, you could change it or amend it up to the point that they finalize it and issue an opinion on it. Okay. All right. Chair, entertain a motion. Chair, make a motion that we amend the budget for the amount shown. Is there a second? Second. Which is second? We amend the budget for the amount shown. I think Ms. McLaughlin has done a good job of that. But Eric, want to make sure that no one questions? Yes. All right. All in favor, let it be known by show of hands, please. Any opposition? All right, thank you, ma'am. All I have. Appreciate thank it. You. Only the accountant really goes to jail, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do my accountant. Not when she's near retirement. <laughs> oh, they, they can go and get you out of retirement. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, engineering. It's not Trent. Brandon, you look a whole lot better than Trent. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Trent actually got called away with a family emergency. That's why I'm here today. Uh, those who don't know me, Brandon Purcell with uh, TR Long Engineering. Uh, let, me, let me say this, Brandon, if you will. You all may not know Trent's mother had surgery, so let's keep her in prayer as she, as she recovers from surgery. He's had to go okay. and tend to mama. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. I understand already. But, uh, if there's any questions, y'all should have a, a copy of the active projects in front of you. If there's any questions about any particular item, we can go over those first. Uh, if not, uh, I'm open to any questions we might have that y'all would like to. I'll try my best to answer. Uh, and if I can't find you the answer today, I can get it for you later. Uh, I kind of like Trent short. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Just got, and I hadn't really looked through this thing yet, but what's the status on the Trade Hill Road project? Trade Hill, I know okay. that one was in here, and we were actually doing. I don't know. I read it earlier. Mr. Brown, do you have an idea? I, I don't, Commissioner Stevens. I was looking to see because I don't see it in here. I don't see it on this report. I thought I read it in here uh, when I was going over it earlier. Uh, I don't know. Road, Eller. All right, we won't nope. waste time on that. Be one question for Trent. He can reply back to the Got it. to us, uh, Mr. Brown. Yes, sir. The, what happened on Islands Highway? I saw your email. You said you was gonna make a trip. What's the status on that? I did. So I talked to Mr. Long actually yesterday about that. And, and they aren't finished. They are still working to correct repairs down there. So, so that stripe is not in completed state. Yes. And he's already been in touch with them. Brandon's probably aware of that one. But that, they've already been in touch with them about getting those like they should be. Right. Um, but it, 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 they're not finished. Okay. Yeah, it won't be left like that. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, we've been out there and marking up where they need to do repairs right. at. So, okay. flagged them, I believe, last week. and. Talk with the contractor. Okay. And the last question, I don't know if it's for Trent. Clint, uh, Trent, uh, we've got full splash projects going on right now. 
We don't have no splosh signs up at all. I don't know that we have any available. Uh, do we, need we can we can check and find out, Commissioner Stevens. I apologize. But we've got the uh, Miller Park, the Miller Fire Station, okay. the Sam Harris Gym, uh, EMS Station, and pretty soon to have maybe another one coming up. So there's possibly five projects yep. that the citizens don't know how it's being built. If we want to give this, want them to support Splash, we need to advertise how it's being paid for. We probably need to look at, uh, get a count of how many signs we have. Yeah, we may mm. need to order some I, more. I know we, we did the redesign mm. a couple years ago, but we, we did, and those are the ones we've been using. I know we right. gave some to the city of Hinesville because they didn't have any for a couple of the things they're going on. So we'll we'll double check. Mr. Mosley's talked with Public Works already, so we'll follow up. And then we, we might need to look at a new redesign because I saw a county that's clo really close to us and their signs look just like ours. So, yeah. <laughs> we must have had something good going. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, I was just wondering about the EMS building. Have they started? They have. They've, already, they've started on it. They broke ground uh, on it. So we finally got the site, I say cleared, but uh, ran into some problems with some compaction there. Mm -hmm. and had to remove and put back, uh, but it has been cleared to go. They've delivered steel to the project and, and are, we're supposed to try to pour this week. Uh, rain may you know, hamper that. They were supposed to try to pour footers this week. They're installing the water line right. that connects to that all the way in the back, and that's part of your report in here. That was only all the 16 we have and waiting on pipe for the 12 inch now that's been back ordered, so. Right. Of course. Good. That was the only action I saw today when I passed by. It looked like they were working on the water line coming up to 17. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mr. Brandon. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Moving right along. All right. Uh, development impact fees, Mr. Ross. We got a ball game at six fifteen. <laughs> make sure you walk up there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chairman and uh, commissioners. Uh, I am Bill Ross with Ross Associates, and um, I'm not here to sell you anything. But I had been asked to kind of give you an overview of what what the heck impact fees are all about, and what they aren't all about. Also, at the same time. Um, Little a little bit of background on us. Also, I'm, I'm here with Paige Hatley. Uh, she, she's my right-hand woman <laughs> uh, with regard to uh, impact fees. We work together on a lot of, a lot of these projects. Uh, but um, we do comprehensive plans. We do codes and ordinances, uh, various kinds of implementation programs, and impact fees are one of those uh, one of those things that we that we do work on and and we do a lot of them um, This is just a quick list of cities and counties that we have done impact fees uh, for uh, Basically, we've done the vast majority of uh, cities and counties that have adopted uh, impact fees So why why even have impact fees um the, uh, the basic idea is that new growth and development does not pay its own way. Um, 
as, as you do grow uh, and you need another fire truck or you need another building or whatever, um, the folks who are here today, the, the taxpayers here today are the ones who pay the majority of the cost of improvements that you really need to serve your growth, uh, the new folks. Uh, because you're going to use your sale, uh, sales tax, maybe, um, SPLOST, um, property taxes, whatever. The people who are here today um, are the ones paying the vast majority of those, of those taxes. Now, as new growth happens, they start paying taxes also. But compared to the, the taxes generated by new growth, compared to the, all the other people, uh, and businesses in the county, uh, it's a very small amount. It, it, it grows over time, uh, of course, but um, the whole idea behind impact fees is to try to find a way that new growth and development that is requiring additional buildings, additional uh, vehicles, et cetera, it's a way to get new development to pay their, quote, fair share. And fair share is the critical term with regard to impact fees. You can't just go out there and whack, whack them upside the head uh, with taxes. You have to show why new growth and development uh, is demanding or will need additional services, uh, vehicles, et cetera, uh, in order to maintain the level of service. Level of service is a critical um, concept in impact fees. It might be uh, how many square feet of public parks do you have per household? Um, and once you establish the level of service, in order to maintain that level of service, as you grow, you're going to need some more acres in parks. And so impact fees say, well, those extra acres that you need to get because growth is growing and you don't want your level of service to go down, that's what the impact fee is all about. It's to pick up uh, specifically uh, from new growth uh, the cost of, of the cost of growing, I guess I could just say it uh, simply like that. Uh, this is a, a good example here. If you think of the, uh, the bars on the bottom, imagine that that is your existing tax base. Year in, year out, the folks who are uh, here today will continue to pay property taxes, sales taxes, et cetera, uh, as the county grows. The lighter blue is okay in this little example. That's new growth and development. They're going to pay taxes too. But you can see that while new growth and development is slowly paying more and more and more every year, the folks that are here today are continuing to pay their taxes also. So the, the idea behind impact fees is to have new growth and development pay its fair share. Not too much, not too little, its fair share of the cost of uh, providing the services uh, that, uh, that they need. Uh, more fire trucks, uh, well, it's not a really great example, but. Uh, more uh, parks and recreational land, and that sort of thing. Um, uh, EMS, uh, again, I think that's privatized quite a bit uh, in the county. But 
uh, there again, somebody's going to have to pay those medics to come arrive at your house while you're having a heart attack. And the more of them that are there, the more often somebody's got to go out and take care of somebody's heart attack. So uh, there's a, as an, if you got into the impact fee business, uh, as a new community, you would need to have an advisory committee. That is, that's required in the law. It's required the first time you go through an impact fee study. And again, the law is very specific. You can't have more than 10 people on that committee. You got to have at least five. And of the people on your advisory committee, uh, at least 50% of them must be in the development business one way or another. Might be a mortgage banker, might be an actual home builder, a subdivider, engineers, et cetera. So that the, the, the folks who are <coughs> deeply involved in future growth and development in the county would be on that advisory committee uh, to uh, advise you as the uh, uh, impact fee study goes forward. Um, there are specific things in the impact fee law. The impact fee law uh, that the state adopted, what, 30, 30 years ago, 40? You can, it, it I'm getting old, guys. <laughs> yeah, the, the law has been there for, for quite some time. I think it was passed in 89, does that ring a bell, Paige? Something like 89, somewhere. Uh, so at any rate, um, it, the law specifies the public facility categories for which you can charge impact fees, which leaves some things out so that if, if they're not on the list. Uh, it talks about what's called development exactions. I love that word, exactions. Um, exactions is sort of another, another word for taxes, uh, permit fees, uh, et cetera, but uh, the law calls them exactions. Uh, it talks about system improvements. You can use impact fees on system improvements. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, you can set up service areas if you need to, if you want to spe uh, specify a particular area in the county that you want to focus on, you can make that a service area and collect impact fees in that service area and spend them on things in that service area. Service areas are not used very often, but uh, sometimes they're handy. Uh, exemptions, the law provides that uh, certain exemptions uh, can, uh, uh, can be uh, applied if you want to. There's basically two kinds. One kind is for affordable housing, and the other is for extraordinary economic development and, and employment growth. That's all the law says. It's up to you. If you want an exemption, you define it. You define what is affordable housing. You define what is extraordinary economic development uh, and, and, and growth. Um, and the impact fee law um, uh, dovetails with your comprehensive plan, uh, the Comprehensive Plan Act. Uh, uh, every five years or so, Joe, where, where, where are we on the comprehensive plan update? It is dated uh, two years ago, Joey? Two years away. Start working on updating next year. Okay, next year. So every five years or so, you'll be updating your comprehensive plan. 
Uh, the impact fee uh, ordinance is an amendment to your comprehensive plan. You don't have to put it in the comprehensive plan, but it dovetails with the comprehensive plan, and that's what brings the Department of Community Affairs to the table, that they get to review your, your impact fee program and whatnot, because technically it's an amendment to that comprehensive plan. Um, development exactions. Uh, it's, this, is, this is straight out of the law. Any requirement for development approval that compels the payment, dedication, or contribution of goods, services, land, or money as a condition of approval. That's, a, that's an exaction. Uh, if you have a zoning case and, uh, and, and there's a uh, requirement uh, in, in the zoning that someone uh, give you an acre of land for a park, that's an exaction. That's covered with the impact fee law. And in fact, the only way you can require that acre of land is through impacts, impact fees. So a lot of people just ignore that part, but, uh, but that's it. Uh, if you've got an exaction, that's the only way you can uh, 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 get it. And, it. and it also defines development approval. It's anything that you do to allow development to occur. Uh, a building permit, uh, rezoning, uh, subdivision regulations, et cetera. Um, they're all <coughs> uh, development, development approvals. Um, so you can only impose these development exactions by way of having impact fees. And we're going to explore that a little bit more uh, uh, this, this, this evening. Uh, because there are things you can do, and there are things that you can only do with, a, with, with an impact fee program. Here's the list of all of the uh, public facilities that are in the law. You can, you can uh, charge impact fees in order to fund uh, capital projects in uh, any and all of these, of these categories. Um, there's two things missing on this list. One, I know why it's not on the list, and that's schools, public schools. And it's not on the list because way back when the law was passed, the state constitution said the only way you could fund schools is with a property tax. So impact fees could not have even been allowed to be collected uh, uh, for schools back then. It's all different today. Now we got school splots and we got all kinds of funding things, but 30, 40 years ago, they could only, the Constitution said they could only be funded with property taxes. So that, they were left off. The other one, you put your finger on it, solid waste. I have no idea why solid waste, waste disposal was not on this list. Um, it's just, not, but I don't know. I don't know why it was left off. Nobody ever said, "Well, let's don't put that one on there." It just slipped through the corners or something. So um, the law talks about project improvements and system improvements. A project improvement is something like a, a, a road in a subdivision, a sidewalk in a subdivision. Uh, it's it's an improvement that may be a public improvement 
but it only serves just that development. Can't you can't include that in an impact fee program. Of course, your subdivision regulations and or your zoning requires that stuff anyway uh, that are project improvements. Uh, but you can fund system improvements. A system improvement is, a pro is something that serves more than just a project. It may, serve, it may be something that serves the whole county. It may be something that serves the northwest corner of the county, but it's more than just in a, a particular subdivision or a particular shopping center <coughs> or whatnot, which would be project, uh, project improvements. Um, this, uh, again, this wonderful word, exactions, sounds pretty horrible. Um, all of these things are exactions. A local subdivision street, uh, buying land for a school, uh, building a recreation facility, these are all mm. uh, public facilities uh, for, 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 for which you fund in various and sundry ways. Now, well, I thought I had this thing animated. Let me just go back. Oops. Okay, so over here on the left side, local subdivision street, desell lane for a shopping center, those are project improvements. Um, you, you, you don't include those in a uh, impact fee program. The builder, the developer, the, the subdivider uh, builds these because you require them to when, when needed. Uh, land for schools, a new county courthouse, uh, these are system improvements because they serve more than just a particular development. They either serve the entire county or a very large portion of the county. So you can't sit around waiting for enough subdivisions to come along to, uh, to, to build these. But remember, schools weren't on the list. County courthouses were not on the list. So you can't use impact fees for those. Libraries and recreation facilities are two of the many categories that you can include in an impact fee program. So you sort of narrow down to the, uh, to the types of facilities that are in the law and, uh, and you're, that you're allowed to collect impact fees for. And of course, you have to spend the money in the categories for which it was collected. You can't charge an impact fee under recreation and go spend it somewhere else. It has to be spent on recreation facilities uh, that have been included in the, in the, in the program. But, oh, hold up there just a minute. Yes, sir. Go back, go back to that. Now, you're, the, yeah, you're, saying guy, yeah. that, you're saying that the impact fees can't be used for a local subdivision street, B-cell lanes, that they can't be used for that? Well, you can use them to widen a road because adding a lane on the road serves a whole lot of people, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of traffic. But a diesel lane, although it's for public safety for certain, it only serves that shopping center in this, in, in, in this case. So that's a project improvement. You make, this, you make the guy building the shopping center to give you a diesel lane along the public road so that they can get their traffic out of your traffic uh, and into their into their shopping center. Well, the the land for the school and the courthouse, the recreation and the library. I mean, we have an avenue now for that. Sure. I say uh, 
we, the, the county taxpayers do, which is if, if they want it put on a, on a referendum to vote for, yeah. uh, then that's the way we're doing it. Yeah. And it's specifically for that. But if a man comes in here and he says, I'm going to build a 30-store shopping center, and we're saying, fine, you've got the property, and it's going to go out on 84 on one end and maybe 196 on the other end, but this is what you've got to do. Careful, it, careful. That's what I'm saying. That's you, what I'm saying. You can't make them do system improvements as part of their right. development approval. Um, if so they're going to generate on so much traffic that you need a traffic signal three blocks down the road, that's a, that's a system improvement. You can't make them put that signal in. You can, with an impact fee, you can say they have to pay their fair share because that, that, that intersection improvement, that, that new signal, if you include it in the program, then it's a system improvement. And so the impact fee that they pay would go to whatever extent to help pay for that signal. But right now, it's a system improvement. You can't require the, uh, uh, any developer to pay for a system improvement. You can have them pay for their own stuff that they themselves are going to generate, um, but, uh, but not these system improvements. Uh, well, would water, would uh, fire hydrants be system improvement? Yes, but water and sewer, um, uh, the fire hydrants in a subdivision would be a local subdivision improvement. You can have folks put those water lines in the, in the subdivision, the uh, fire hydrants in the subdivision, the sidewalks in the subdivision, because those things serve the development itself. But you can't make them build a water tower half a mile down the road because they're gonna, they're gonna need a lot of water, but that's a system improvement. That water tower will also serve an entire large area, not just, not just the development. Okay, so you're the developer, you come before us. I'm trying to get this thing in my head. Yeah, sure. Um, but if you come before us and say, this is what we're gonna try to do with this 100 acres. Well, Commissioner Frazier's got property on the backside of it. And he says, well, I'm not really against it because they're going to have, they're going to put in impact fees and they're going to have to put in fire protection. They're going to have to put in fire hydrants. So I'm closer now than what I used to be. But the impact fee itself has to have a target on it. It's got to say this impact fee money is going to be for this particular thing and that's it so if you tell them you're going to put in fire protection you can't use the impact fee money for sewer expansion or anything like that is that that's correct? correct that's correct uh, you have to do a study that determines uh, over the next 20 30 years you're going to have growth what are you going to need in new facilities to serve the county in general and of course it will also serve individual developments like a big water tower somewhere um, but it's a system improvement 
uh, and you can use impact fees to pay for that, that water tower. Uh, and as more development occurs in, in, in that area, you get impact fees from them also, and that money also goes to pay for that, that water tower that is serving a large area. Uh, but uh, things that only serve, specifically to serve a single development, um, you're not charging impact fees for that. By and large, you make the, de you make the developer provide it themselves as part of the development. He's got to pave the streets in a subdivision. He's got, if you require sidewalks, he's got to build the sidewalks in the subdivision. But you can't make him build a sidewalk from his development two miles down the road because you need a sidewalk in front of the school. That's a system improvement. Um, so that's, that's the differential, and, and, and you're dead on right, exactly, between, between what's a project improvement, developers gotta do it anyway, uh, can't have a subdivision with, no, with, no, with dirt roads, well you might be able to, but you shouldn't. <laughs> um, on the other hand, um, having them, having a developer pay for an improvement that might serve them a little bit, maybe a half, half mile down the road, a new traffic signal, it's gonna serve him a little bit, but it's also gonna serve a lot of other properties. And that's what impact fees are all about. They're trying to identify who needs to be participating financially in these, uh, in these system improvements. Well. You know, we're, I have part of Hinesville and I have Flemington. Commissioner Stevens has Riceboro and he's got Midway. Um, other commissioners have got smaller cities. And that's what I'm, I'm asking these questions because it, it, a lot of times they get a lot more bang for their buck because we're the ones with the buck. And I'm, I'm just seeing, um, you know, we got a, we got a situation, we're building a fire department. We actually had to build it where there was water. And the growth is there and it's gonna to continue to be there. But you know, you just can't, it, it, it would look to me like they can still have the growth and depend on the county to, uh, to take care of them. And that's, that's the part there that I'm, you know, a little bit, confused about. Um, well, you already know that Flemington has impact fees, including fire. Right, yeah, but Flemington's fire, impact yeah. fee is yeah. for one thing. Flemington's impact fee says that money is going to be used for a fire station, but they're already getting fire protection from the city of Hinesville. Sure, except that the city is growing, and as they grow, they're going to need more in the way of fire protection, if you will. That's why they're taught, they're, they're included a fire station um, in their impact fee program. Because as they grow, um, right now they're paying Hinesville uh, for, for fire uh, services. Right. But at some point, I mean, whether they build a fire station and hand it over to, uh, to uh, Hinesville or keep it for themselves or even come to the county uh, if you ever uh, converted to a, a uh, public fire uh, services um, instead of the individual uh, little fire uh, uh, districts, um, there again, you'd be in the, in the fire business also. 
Well, I, I just got way too many questions. I'm gonna carry this home and read it. <laughs> but I mean, I can see where we. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we the people asked for things, and we needed. I mean, we needed a new courthouse, and the only way to fund it was through sales tax. Yeah. And that's what we did. And you know, you got a builder, and he's gonna come in here and build homes on a piece of property and he's going to put the infrastructure in according to what the planning and zoning says which is paved streets sidewalks mm -hmm. fire station street lights or whatever unless it's under a hoa i mean you know if that's it then he's got his own yeah. thing that he's got to look for yeah and, and then those... of course right after that here we go picking up the trash and having you know to deal with that now i can see if an impact fee would help us with, you know, creating a larger um, landfill area, but I don't believe you can get that because they're going to say the taxpayer is already paying taxes when he moves into the house and he's the one generating the, the trash. So, you know, it's like you getting pay, having to pay for it twice. Mm -hmm. But um, I could, I could see if he's building. How a subdivision with 500 homes and they're all coming out, you know, on a two lane road. And we say, well, we don't mind that, we're going to help you, but we want this road to have decel lane here, XL lane here, turning lane. But you're telling me that is not something we can do. Well, you can, you can require a, a decel lane at his entrance off that road. You just can't make him widen that road uh, to handle all the traffic that's going to be coming to his uh, his development because roads are specifically on the list of uh, impact fee uh, type projects, and that's the that's the key. Is it yeah. a project? Is it an improvement that 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 serves just the project? Then the developer can be required to do it. If the improvement will also not only serve that subdivision, but also other subdivisions that may be coming along at some point in the future, that's a system improvement. So that the impact fee will help pay for that system improvement as you issue building permits. If you include it on the program, remember, you, you can select which of these do you even want in your <clears throat> program at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe just one of them, maybe four of them, whatever. So, Whichever public facility type that you include in your program, you'll have a plan uh, of where or at least how much you're going to need uh, in the future because it's that how much and how much is it going to cost is the basis for the impact fee. Well, yeah, I, I just know we've got some good builders. And and they've done you know good good work and a lot of them are done inside the municipalities, but getting to those subdivisions a lot of times they're using county roads. Sure. Well, when they build it, it's paved from the dirt portion on in, and everything's fine. But when they start beating their car out on the dirt portion, uh, it's increased maintenance for us. Yeah. So I'm saying, well, yeah, you ought to be able to do it, but we ought to have a little skin in the game. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah. I'm going to look at it a little bit more. 
I know we ain't going to vote on it tonight. Oh, no, but... I'm just here to educate you <laughs> and introduce Paige. Well, you just saying just enough to cause me to talk the rest of the night. You're going to have it with that. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, I appreciate trying, it. Uh, trying to get in. Mr. Chair, uh, I, I know Commissioner Walden kind of touched bases on it, but it, it, it did uh, make me think about it as well. Uh, so we're looking at the project improvements, I understand. So with that, uh, with the desail lane and everything, so I guess I have a question about that. Is that something that we need to look at with the ordinance for the LCPC? Or should we just leave that up to us? I guess, Mr. Brown. Yes, of course. In your like with fire hydrants and, and the new subdivisions and stuff. Right, right, right. Uh, if there's available water supply, then they're, they're already required under subdivision ordinance to put those in. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you, I think you're pretty well covered in your current ordinance for that. And then desail XL lanes are going to depend on traffic study and right. GDOT requirements. Okay. We we even follow GDOT requirements on your local roads. So right. That, that's what yes, I was. Yes, sir. It would dictate that. Okay. And I guess another question. I think it was just answered. Uh, uh, when are we looking at impact fee in the the projects that are eligible? So we could either have one project or or we could have six of them, and we could just break down a particular mm -hmm. percentage on those. Like, say for instance, we want to put say 50% of it goes to recreation and then, you know, 20% goes to something else. Well, will that actually, 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 I believe what will yeah. happen is you'll identify your, maybe we don't, let's don't call it project areas. Let's call it eligible areas eligible for impact. Areas. Okay. And so uh, let's assume for maybe one is fire and one is recreation. Right. And so uh, you'll assess the fee. Uh, you, you will have a breakout in that fee that's determined by the study that's required by law to tell how much, percentage-wise, if you will, does go into those accounts. The accounts are then separated uh, on the books and kept separate so that you only spend it in those categorical areas. Mm -hmm. And then as that growth starts to happen, let's say on the east end uh, around I-95, and it requires another fire station to be built at a certain point level in there, those fees have accumulated so you don't have to find the capital or spend splash money to build that new station. The money's sitting there, and you can go ahead and erect the new station uh, or equipment in the current station, as a matter of fact, if fire protection is one of those. Right, okay. Right, that, I, I guess I just wanna get some clarification on that. And then I know you were saying, whenever we, if we do decide to do this, if we set it up, uh, this would be for 20, 25 years. Do we have an opportunity to readjust? Oh, yeah. I mean, how, how does that work legally? To, you ought to redo the study at least every five or six okay. years anyway. All right, with our comprehensive extend, plan. You know, you may, There we go. Take, take the next 20 years, five years from now, you need to add five more years uh, to, the, uh, to, the, to the study. And the study will, uh, uh, as Joe was saying, the study identifies what your needs are. How many more acres of parks do you need? A lot. How many, you know, how many more fire trucks are you, do you need? Right. Um, and I'm speaking as though these were county facilities. Mm -hmm. um, so the, 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 the study says, in order to maintain the level of service, you're going to need this much more of something. How much does that this much more cost? Mm -hmm. If it's 100% impact fee eligible, you could charge impact fees uh, at, at, at the maximum amount. Many don't do that. Many adopt impact fees maybe at 
50% level or, or, or whatever, so that you still have a, uh, uh, a local financial obligation from the existing tax base to help pay for facilities that technically they don't need. Mm. Um, and so the impact fee is trying to, the law is trying to match up to development right, to make needs, adjustment. right. More parkland, whatever Absolutely. road improvements. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you you can't you can't make a, a someone who's building a subdivision go over and add a new lane on a road half a mile away, even though their traffic is going to be using that road, but a lot of other people are going to be using that road too. So that's a system improvement that you could include in an impact fee program. All right. Uh, I guess another question for Mr. Brown, real quick. Uh, do we have any other uh, municipalities in the county that currently have an impact fee? Flemington has the impact fee that, okay. that he discussed earlier. And Hinesville has an impact fee. It's a stormwater impact fee, but they have they don't do any other impact fees. Okay. Early. So so it, would this be something that we need to look at uh, countywide, just not with us and all the municipalities? I guess that's what Commissioner Water was kind of touching bases with, right? I, I was just saying that I know Flemington had one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Commissioner Frazier, and just me personally, everybody's got their own opinion, but I think that this ought to be, if you haven't presented it to the outlying municipalities, we need to see who's got it, and then we know about buying them on board because, you know, it's kind of like you buy a brand new grader, well, guess what? We're going to wear it out on the city streets. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're still taxpayers, but I just don't know. I just I do know that Flemington has, and I do know that that money is earmarked for a fire station. But there's an extreme amount of growth down there that, um, you know, I didn't notice in this uh, handout, but used to, and Commissioner Love, you can bring a little bit more light on it we used to have impact fees for schools still do and it didn't it didn't make no difference if it was sidewalks lunchrooms or whatever it says impact fees and it was for education now i know we had uh back when they started the quick books and uh, stuff like that you know but impact fees and the ones that i remember was in schools, ain't that right, Joey? I mean, that was the first ones we had, and it was basically for building schools. Yeah, it was actually, I think, um, I think it was actually just money that was assessed to uh, the number of military populations served. But the military impacted us. Correct, and, and it was it was actually um, a percentage that was distributed by the federal government. Then mm. everybody you could certify as a military affiliate. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really yeah, assessed locally. We was in school. Uh, it, it was it was something that was picked up actually under the Tribal Act. But all of this right here is some way federally impacted. I mean. The state's going to give you a little bit every once in a while, but this is what it's all about. So um, it's, it's about the same thing, Mr. Frazier. I, I mean, I know the, you know, when you got two of them, and I mean, I'm fortunate enough that Hines has got one and Flemington's got one, but, you know, um, we start in a water system, and I know that Commissioner Stevens can put his finger on where the water comes just inside 
just outside the city limits and yeah. Midway, and it quits. And I mean, whatever we got to try to do to to work and try to uh, you know make this thing because uh, you know the territory is still going to be Liberty County, and I'm for helping everybody, but I just. Uh, you know, I think this probably ought to have been a workshop, and I'm glad it's not a, you know, an action item. But we that's why I wanted to, to, to go ahead and finish for us if you could we kind of stop you in the middle of the well, that's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you didn't bring him a lot of listen, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ask you um, and I think you know, uh, terminology you can you can call anything an impact fee. But the impact fees that are covered by the law are, the, are what you specifically charge when you issue a building permit. Um, now, school impact stuff, well, of course, uh, they can call it an impact fee, but it's not covered by this law, which focuses on new development, mm -hmm. as opposed to just anybody with kids, so. Um, let's see here. Uh, we were coming along. Um, uh, we were talking about level of service, and that's that's a critical thing because impact fees. Generally, you try to at least maintain your current level of service, which means you've got to expand some of these uh, facilities as as growth goes on. Um, and you could, in fact, you could set a level of service higher than your current level of service. Now the general taxpayers have to kick in to, to, because you're increasing services for everybody. Uh, you could set the level of service below uh, and new development would only have to pay that small portion. It's always up to you what you do with, uh, with impact fees if you're going to have them at all. There's a lot of flexibility. Uh, in most cases, um, the impact fee study Will tell you the maximum fee you could charge. You can't. The maximum means you can't charge more. The law says you can't charge new development more than their fair share. You can charge it less. And most communities uh, actually set their impact fees below uh, the maximum. We got several that are right up there at the uh, at the maximum, uh, but. Um, you don't have to charge the maximum. You, you decide uh, where that impact fee ought to be. Um, and I mentioned that uh, impact fees are also kind of part of the whole comprehensive planning uh, process because uh, this capital improvements element, the CIE I keep talking about, that's an amendment to your comprehensive plan. Doesn't have to be in it. Mostly it's it's a, it's a separate document, but it technically amends uh, your comprehensive plan because the comprehensive, what comprehensive plan does what? Talks about improvements that you're gonna need in the future to address new development. They, they kind of go hand, uh, hand in hand. Um, so this is, this is what a capital improvements element does. What are we gonna need? Uh, what are the improvements we will need to either maintain our level of service or maybe improve the level of service or maybe not even meet the level of service? That's, that's up to you. Um, what are the capital improvements that are going to be needed? Uh, and of those uh, capital improvements, which ones fall into one of those impact fee categories? Um, 
schools is a good example. Uh, more and more subdivisions, more and more kids. Schools have to expand to handle all these extra kids. They're not impact fee eligible. So the uh, Board of Education and the county need to find other ways uh, to, uh, to fund uh, school expansions, for instance. They can't use impact fees uh, uh, to do it. Um, the uh, uh, DCA, the Department of Community Affairs, they're, they're kind of the uh, umpires on all these uh, impact fees. Uh, the, the DCA has adopted minimum standards that an impact fee study has to address. Um, if you get into the impact fee business, you'll have to prepare an annual report every year. How much money in impact fees, how much money did you collect? How much did you spend? What did you spend it on? How much interest did you make on it that gets distributed across the, uh, um, uh, the impact fee categories? Critical thing is that <clears throat> money can only be, impact fee income can only be spent on the categories for which it was collected. Uh, if you have uh, uh, parks and recreation, roads, and animal control, <laughs> Uh, all in your program, um, your, your CIE will say, okay, this much uh, is, is, uh, uh, goes, to, goes to roads, and this much goes to animal control. The money goes into those accounts is the finance director. Oh, she's going to, uh, oh, hey, <laughs> she is the police officer on impact fees. Uh, she'll have to keep track of how much was collected for these various categories that you that you decide that you want to include and she also has to be sure that the money that goes into those accounts are only spent on projects uh, for those accounts that's what the study tells you the study tells you how many more fire trucks do we, well fire fire is not a good example right now if you had a county fire department uh, how much money is going to... We do. Oh, 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 oh. I thought they were all volunteer. No. no oh, we upgraded, oh, man. Oh, have, well, that's good. Have, no, that's good. Fire is, fire is an excellent <laughs> we're example. Ahead of your impact hmm? We're a little bit ahead of your impact <laughs> That's good. That is good. Um, so at any rate, uh, you'll, you'll, the finance director will bring you an annual report that you have to send into the state for review. How much did you collect? What did you spend? What did you spend it on? Um, and how much is left over? Uh, and um, the impact fee law has a very unique definition of, um, uh, uh, you know, the dedication of, uh, of uh, uh, encumbrances, an encumbrance. Generally, finance people say, you can encumber money because you've signed a contract that says, well, you're going to go build something and it's going to cost this much money, so you can encumber, as money's come in, you can encumber it for that project. Impact fees are much looser in terms of encumbrances um, because unlike the generally accepted legal definition of encumber, the impact fee law has a little wrinkle in it that says that uh, you can encumber money because, of course, you have a contract or you know you're going to 
uh, uh, maybe you have a lease agreement on something, or any other action of the governing body. An annual report you adopt every year and send that to the state, you're gonna tell the state, we got this much money, the CIE has all these projects, when we adopt that annual report, that is an any other action which encumbers that money right off the bat. If you don't encumber it within six years of when you collect it, you have to give it back. So encumbering the money is very important. You never have to make a refund six years later because you didn't encumber or spend the money. You've, you encumber it every, uh, every year as the... Uh, uh, as you do those annual reports. Uh, this is kind of a diagram of the impact fee study. We do, we do something called a methodology report. The methodology report has everything you ever wanted to know about the impact fees, uh, the uh, current level of service or the future level of service, uh, the inventory, how many fire stations have you got, uh, how many fire trucks have you got, uh, et cetera. Uh, in order to establish those level of service. Uh, from the methodology report, you pull out the capital improvements element. You don't have to send the whole methodology report into the state. You only have to send that, that CIE. Uh, and basically, the projects that you intend to, uh, to fund uh, and the money you're going to hope, hope to collect, that doesn't go in the CIE. The CIE is a much more general uh, uh, document compared to the methodology report. That goes into the state for their usual 60-day review period. Um, and while during that 60-day uh, review period, uh, uh, that's, that's when it would be time to develop the impact fee ordinance, uh, get that squared away, uh, and also decide what do you want to charge. I mentioned the methodology report will tell you the maximum. You can't charge more. You can charge less. So that the, the board will end up saying, you know, well, let's, let's cut this one 50%. Let's only do 20%, you know, that kind of thing uh, in the process of deciding what you actually want to charge uh, for impact fees. Um, also, working uh, with the staff, set up the, uh, the, the necessary processes and procedures for dealing with this money uh, and uh, keeping track of it. And also the impact fee ordinance will have appeals processes in it. Um, uh, if somebody's not happy with their having to pay their impact fee, they can appeal the impact fee. Uh, uh, most of this is handled at the administrative level, but if the administrator can't solve the problem, it, 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 it may come to you. Sometimes somebody says, okay, uh, 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 I run a pizza parlor. Pizza parlor's on the list for an impact fee. But my pizza parlors are very different from everybody else's. Uh, we only deliver. You can't come and get your pizza, for instance. So they might appeal and say, well, I shouldn't have to pay the full impact fee because uh, I'm not creating the demand for public services that a pizza parlor down the, down the street does. And so there's a, there's a uh, plan review process at the staff level to decide you know, what would be a fair 
uh, impact fee for that use. Again, if it can't be resolved at the staff level, you become the uh, you become the jury. Uh, Max, on the side. Mm -hmm. got a question. I might be in front of you or behind you. I don't know. <laughs> You're talking about you. how much would somebody pay who's building a two hundred thousand dollar house, roughly? What would be the amount that they would roughly pay? We have one house. They, they would say. Well, it would be like it depends a, on. I mean, doing the study right. to find out what the impact, what the maximum could be, mm -hmm. and then deciding. Well, are we going to, you know, chase uh, uh, home builders out of this county with, if we charge 100 uh, percent? Remember, your impact fee advisory committee has got to have at least 50 percent of those members are going to be in the building and development community. Uh, may, they may be mortgage bankers, they may be builders, whatever, but they have to be uh, involved in the development uh, community. So, so it's a very note. open process uh, in terms of, you know, as the studies progress. Uh, and I guarantee you, you will hear people express their opinions about uh, about it. So quick note, homeowners directly wouldn't pay it. They would pay it at time probably of buying that lot buying from the developer okay, because the developer of the, of the subdivision is going to pay it up front for the potential mm -hmm. impact totally for the subdivision. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not assessed per homeowner. And the, the home builders, uh, pay the impact fee either when they get the building permit or before a CO is issued. And they turn right around and put it, it to you know, on the back side of that closing statement mm -hmm. down there near the bottom where it always says, you know, I paid a building hood, permit, baby. you know, I had to pay $56 for, for this or that. Mm -hmm. I have to pay $150 for FedEx across town. <laughs> what are they FedExing? At any rate. <laughs> That's where they usually put the impact fee. So, so, so basically, you're saying we, we can have an adjusted impact fee if, if a Commissioner Stevens was billing 100 homes and Commissioner Thrift to my left, who has more money, is billing 300 homes. The impact fee would be adjusted by the amount of homes he's selling, correct? Based on impact. Um, Based on the impact of the, the, same, of the broader. Everybody of, would of pay the, the same fee per mm -hmm. house. Per house, yeah. So right. So, in other words, it still would be a magnitude of impact. Yeah. There we go. Okay. That's basically, a good way to look at it. Right. They do them here in town by lot. I mean, you got you got uh, Griffin Park. Let's just say they paid the city of Hinesville had a hundred and something lots. They pay when Mr. Dryden goes in there, he's got to pay X number of dollars for inspections. Right. And then he's got to pay impact fees, and then. I guess there may be, and I was trying to sit here and figure, okay, can I take the impact fee money and satisfy it by putting in water and sewer in this subdivision, and it'll go all the way through to the back where y'all going to build a school right. and y'all can utilize that? I, I mean, I don't, that's just a, a question that I had, but great. I know that yeah. uh, you know every lot had about the same sure amount of impact right. fee money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now you get on the coast, you may have mm. a ten lot subdivision that you know every house there would be a million dollars. Um, you can't necessarily say that they're going to impact what's going on in Hinesville. They may all impact what's going on in Savannah. So. I, you know, I don't know. There's just to me, there's a lot of questions I have about it that 
There's a lot of study have to be put in behind yeah, this. Yeah, we, that's what the study is all about. We definitely need to have a well, subcommittee yeah, or something to put together this chair. Sure. I mean, but I thought this was a question to put it like a subcommittee to, to review this and yeah. see where yeah. we need to go. Chairman, I get to sleep and I got I mean, we, hmm? I'm not unfamiliar with impact fees. I'm just, I, I knew they did it in Hinesville. We've never done it. Uh, I, I know they're trying to, they're looking at it in Long County. I don't know if you're. They have it in Long County. Yeah, Long's got them. Yeah, but long, I'm saying they got it. They got it in the city, but have they? They've done it in the county. Yeah, have they? yeah it's a county, county impact fee in Long County. Mm -hmm. And actually, they did it. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and it'll work. Yeah, I mean to <laughs> close out a good, a good example of that is. Um,
as from a county if we need to move forward or uh, which direction we need to go with even bringing in other municipalities or, or anything like that? I think the first thing to do is for us to take it back and look at it and let us come back and with our recommendations because this is a lot of information as you all have just said. Once we review it, then we'll come back with it. But it's not, and I have an issue with you saying how others have done it and they maybe have done different ways. Too, but my first thing is, as commissioners, let us take it back and, and uh, digest it. And we're, I mean, we're working in Savannah. We uh, started, just kicked off a uh, day down in Camden County. Um, Doreen's old Long County already adopted uh, uh, it. And there are other folks that are in the discussion. So we're down here pretty, pretty, pretty frequently. But the plan itself requires a advisory committee. That's, that's, a, that's a given. You, you know, just as a reminder, I know y'all remember that you, this was something that came up in your planning session this year to look at it, so we did budget funds should you decide to move forward with the cost of doing the study. I simply see where it can be very advantageous to the county with the uh, growing needs that we have here. Anybody remember okay. when a fire truck only cost five hundred thousand dollars? One point two million. Mr. Ross, can can we get off the fire? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I like the broad base. Need me to come back. Approach, I will. You know? Otherwise, I just won't show up again. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll All right. be in touch, sir. Thank you so much. And at what time you said that game was? 6.15. It's pouring down. Or it's halftime. Alcoholic beverage license request. Wetland Spirits. Yes, sir. This is a new location. Uh, name of applicants, Bertha Webb. Uh, Wetland Spirits, 5195 Highway 196. The Planning Commission and Sheriff's Department uh, both have reviewed it and recommend approval. It's a new business? I believe it is. Yes, sir. Where's yes, it sir, located? Where's it? Where's this map? Just kind of cut a cord from the convenience store. Really? There used to be a church in that yeah, right, did. area. Oh. It's the only little shopping plaza we have. Yeah, it's right in there. Yes, sir. I would make a motion for approval. Is a second? Second. Which is second? We approve that alcoholic beverage license from Wetland Spirits. Any further discussion? All in favor by show of hands, please. License is approved. Announcements. Uh, My birthday is in December. I have something I want to um, talk to Joey. Uh, mention to Joey. Joey, I, um, I copied you on the email. I don't know if I copied the chairman, but I finally got in touch with somebody from the DOT after um, after years of trying. But I met with a guy from the I guess it's the field office down in um, Riceboro mm -hmm. and um, we talked for about an hour. He gave me a list of things that he can't do. A list of things that he won't do, a list of things that he ain't gonna do, and a list of things that he don't wanna do. Mm -hmm. And I got his um, supervisor's number, and we made some um, progress. Some, yeah, some progress. So, um, but but what I would like to do, I, I would like to um, get Mayor um, Willis, yeah, you because know, I was speaking on behalf of the 
city of uh, Allenhurst, um, and, and the mayor was down there, but I've been emailing because I don't know the mayor's email address, but I've been kind of acting on their behalf. And um, Larry, uh, Mayor Baker, um, he wants to um, talk too. So I, I'll get in touch with you sometime um, in the next couple of weeks, and I'll see if I could get um, Councilman Steve Wellborn, uh, Mayor Willis, and maybe Larry and, and myself, and you and um, Mr. Mosley, the chairman, and maybe Eddie or somebody, and we could come in and, and talk about um, some of the stuff that uh, that the DOT may could help us with, and what we may could do as the county to try to um, try to supplement that. Uh, Allenhurst needs a needs a whole lot of help. I mean, you know, they right between. Hinesville and Walthyville. Uh, Hinesville has a full public works department, or uh, Walthyville has a, a smaller one. They they do some things, but Allenhurst doesn't have anything. And I'm working with him to to get a contractor, um, someone to come in and and do some stuff, kind of like Flemington did with um, Jody Smiley. So you know we we've made some progress, and DOT is going to they're going to help us, but they, they won't give us near the help that um, that we need. So we need to look at that. I know we were going to talk about the intergovernmental agreement and, you know, what all is involved in that. So that, that may be a good start. But um, they do need some help. When you, um, you take that ride going west on 84 and you get to Allenhurst, you can you can see the difference, even if it wasn't a sign that tell you that you were leaving Hinesville or, or entering Walthyville you know that you're somewhere that doesn't have the, that's not getting the attention. And you know, if we live the county proud, we need to try to, that's a major thoroughfare. It's a lot of traffic on 84 and we do need to try to clean up if we can. Um, so we, we'll see, but um, DOT did, um, the second call <laughs> was a lot better than the first. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank Mr. you, sir. Uh-huh. Could that include uh, like Rashford and Midway, what you, what you're looking at when you bring all of them together? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the intergovernment agreement that we have with the smaller municipalities, if we can um, add some services or, or something in there and, and see what, you know, what the fee would be, but I think it would include, um, it, it need to include all of them because, you know, the, the county has, um, we have a wealth of equipment and experience. These smaller cities don't, but they do need some kind of help of some kind. If you don't mind, let me. Okay. Okay. We'll do it. Yeah, they got to come right through Rossboro to get down there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you and Eddie, you know, y'all close, but you know, well, maybe I might be we, sitting it ain't, it ain't. It ain't like that. I mean, we look at everything. I mean, it really and truly, seriously. But the, the intergovernmental agreement, I think, would um, benefit. Right. Yeah. Benefit everybody. But yeah, but I, I am going to, I'm going to bring Walthaville and, uh, and Allenhurst. Um, to meet with Joey within the next couple of weeks if we can schedule that. So, mm -hmm. but, Mr. Chairman, but along those notes, and mm -hmm. I, I don't want to speak out of turn here because uh, I, I'll tell you, uh, the company, the ESG and, and Jody, they do a good job. I mean, really and truly, but if we've got an area that's, that needs to be some work done to it, we ought to have some type of intergovernmental agreement with even these folks. You know, the uh, Gary have to stay out of it or whatever. But I mean, right now there has been nothing done in Allenhurst. I know since um, 
probably March. Mm. There's somebody that goes out there, you know, mom and pop guy. I think Mr. Moody actually tries to keep it up. But, you know, if we've got to get that done, Clinton does not have the personnel to get out there on that state route. Um, I mean, you've got to have signage, you've got to have one lane road, you've got to have police protection and stuff like that. So, whatever we got to do, if we got to have some time for, uh, you know, we wouldn't be using them all the time, but if we have to, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the DLT guy told me, he said that, um, you know, he'll, he'll come in and he'll replace a stop sign and every now and then they do an inspection, they'll ride through there. And take a look at it, you know, and see. Yeah, it really does look bad, but that was about it. So. All right. Thank you. Thank you for for intervening on behalf of our other municipalities. <clears throat> I will say um, the um, the talks with the uh, with them municipalities about the uh, loss has been real good. Um, Mr. Brown, I will be reporting to you on that real soon, um, and. Out of that conversation, I think you'll find a higher level of comfort with some of the government agreements that we have. Maybe some need to be tweaked, you know, but for the most part, uh, the small cities were open to being, what's the word, you're more forthcoming, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, so it's a good report. That's what's a good report. Larry stopped by at an office the other day and he said that it was a good meeting. It was a good meeting. It was a good meeting. You all will be proud. It was a good meeting. <laughs> Announcement, sir? No, sir. Yes, for good order? Of all hearts, sir. Minds are clear. <laughs> you entertain a motion to adjourn? So move, Mr. Chairman. All, right. all in favor? Sure. Yeah. <laughs>